Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Rejoice Pompano tonight in the beginning of May. I'm Praise the Lord. God is good. We have many people from out of town tonight. We're going to have to start checking all the states tonight because I think we've got many states already counted for tonight. So we just give God the praise and the glory for the people that have come from out of state. We're just going to pray now and get started. And we are just thrilled to have this recorded so that tomorrow other people around the world can hear this. And we're thrilled to have all of you that are listening. We're just thrilled that you can hear this and that you can get filled up and you can hear it over and over again. Or you can even go back and listen to the older ones of our Bible studies. And they're all there for you to encourage you and to help you grow in the Lord and stand firm on the promises of God. God wants to restore and heal and resurrect your hurting and dead marriage. So God, it's good. Let's open up with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for all of the people who have come from out of town and made an effort to do this. And Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for the men that have driven or flown. And Lord, we just ask you to that you would be the greatest counselor here. You'd be the Heavenly Father, the, the Lord, the Savior, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, triune. Father, we're asking you to minister tonight to every single one individually so that they know that they've been touched by the Lord, not by me, but by you. You are the one. You're the greatest counselor. You're the greatest builder. You're the architect of rebuilding and restoring. And you also are the one that tells us that you have plans and purposes, and we just ask that you would just move the mountains of circumstances that are blocking us to get our promised land, to get the marriage rebuilt and restored on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just ask that you will just touch these people and give them promises, speak to them, have the word, scriptures tonight, just leap off the page that I'm not even talking about. Lord, increase their faith, their hope, their trust in you, Lord. May they never give up in believing what you had said to them will come to pass. Lord, we ask that you will take every word we say and may it just be blessed by you. Your word is anointed and we are not. We're speaking from the gospels and the scriptures and your word is a love letter written to us. And may it speak to us tonight and may it minister 
healing to every wounded, crushed heart, any hopeless situation, anyone that's in despair, anyone that feels it's impossible by all their circumstances, may you speak to them hope tonight because you are the God that says nothing is hopeless with you. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory. And Lord, we ask you to be with one of our standards that has been with our group so many years and has had uh, cancer surgery today, Paige, and she moved away just recently, and we just ask that you would take all of the biopsy reports, and may you turn them all around to a good report, and may you have her heal quickly without any complications. And Lord, we ask that you would be with her and her daughters, but be, most of all, be with her husband and speak Holy Spirit conviction to have him go visit her. Lord, we ask that you would also be with every one of the people on our chapel page. And Lord, we pray that all of our standards will go to our chapel page and pray for the many urgent needs that are there. Pray for Peyton, who is 15, 17 years old, with a brain tumor. Pray for Brandon, who has been in the hospital for months. Lord, we ask that you would just touch every single person on there that needs a divine healing. We just give you the praise and the glory and be with all the court people. Court page, we prayed over it this morning and said, Lord, cancel every divorce this week and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Well, we're thrilled to have everybody here, and we're thrilled for all the town-to-town guests, and we just ask that you would uh, keep praying for everything to go. The Holy Spirit to speak to you. That's the most important prayer you can pray tonight, is that the Lord would speak to you and direct your steps. We're going to sing two songs, and it's going to be Shout to the Lord, and You Are God Alone.
I'm pretty sure this year's flying by. Is it flying by for you? Yes. All right. Even on those hard days, it's flying by. Yes. When you have another hard day, remember that. Um, welcome to those of you that are visiting us tonight and that are new. I'm Lori. I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter, and so we're glad to have you here. Um, we have some visitors from out of state. If you're visiting from another state or outside of Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach, will you wave at us? Look at all those hands. <laughs> so we are glad to have you. Those of you that are so close, you don't even know how good you have it, do you? <laughs> well, we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time at Rejoice Pompano, even if you've been with us for a while but you've never been to Bible study here, when we're done tonight, we're going to have refreshments, and we would invite you to stay for a few minutes and eat some goodies and mingle with some people. And um, if you're new, I would ask that you grab your refreshments and then meet us at the round table right here. And we'll just take a couple minutes just to go over a few things with you before the masses you know, get around. And then you can have time to um, fellowship and meet some other people and exchange email addresses with another man or if you're a woman with another woman. Um, who has got a birthday in the month of May or an anniversary in the month of May? Lots of hands. Okay, we're going to start on the left this time. All right, birthday or anniversary? Okay, what date and how many years? May 17th, eight years. Happy anniversary. Okay, who else had their hand up? May 20th, 29 years. May 20th, 29 years. Happy anniversary, Kevin. May 27th, eight years. Okay, and Kevin's one of ours visiting from Massachusetts, so he's an out-of-stater. Was there anybody else on this side of the room? Nobody? Okay. This side, in the front, yes? May 24th, 12. May 24th, 12 years. Okay, yes? May 31st, another 29 years. Okay. May 6th, nine years. Okay, May 12th, four years, and that's Raquel, and next to her is her husband, Mike, and they have a restored marriage. <laughs> so, four years. Now, do you celebrate two, you were never divorced, right? You were separated? Okay, so, like my mom, who had two anniversaries, and she celebrated all of them, like, <laughs> you, yeah, the second one, she, she's like, it's time for another gift. <laughs> Okay, did I miss your hand? Yes, I'm sorry. I missed, I May 15th, 33 years. May 15th, 33 years. Okay, we're not going to tell anybody you forgot. This is not going to go on the internet tomorrow for thousands to hear. <laughs> no. Okay, who else? Right here. May 6th birthday. You don't have to tell us the years for your birthday if you don't want to. <laughs> if you're proud, you go for it. <laughs> okay, who else had their hand up? Dave? May 7th, 27 years. Okay, who else? May 19th, another restored marriage, three years. <laughs> okay, who else? Do anybody else have their hand up on this side that I did not get? So only a couple May birthdays, but look at all those May weddings that happened. Oh, yes. Yes. The same exact date? 
Oh, that's good. That way nobody can forget. <laughs> yes. She has a lot of May stuff also. <laughs> well, happy anniversary. Happy birthday to those of you that have birthdays. And your gift from us is that you can take an um, item from the bookstore tonight. So at the end of the night, go back there, and if you see a book or a CD that looks good to you, you can take that as your gift. And if you'd like us to suggest something, we have a list of my mom's favorites, and we can let you know what it is. So I hope that's encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to hear about the restored marriages and their dates. And um, how many of you are on our Facebook page? You guys, are you on? Wait, are you on Facebook? How many of you have a Facebook account? Wave at me. Okay, why are you not on the Rejoice page? All right. <laughs> Some of you are locked out of Facebook. All right, we have a Facebook page, and we have got, um, we have a lot of people on there. There's like 9,000 people on there, and they love to interact. This weekend, though, I was looking, the Saturday testimonies came out, and I bet some of you can say that you have felt this way. And uh, somebody said, ugh, I don't like reading those because it's discouraging. Do you ever feel like that when you see the testimonies? Like, why is that not me? Why did that happen to him? when he lives in Hawaii, or why did this happen to her and she's over in the United Kingdom and why not me? But you know what? We all are at different stages in our Christian walk. We're all at different stages in our life. We're all at different stages in our marriages and we're all at different stages in our stand. And so where are you today and where has God brought you? Because I know even if your husband or your wife just announced this morning, that it's over and this is day one of your stand, you've already seen God move and you've already seen God do things. And so instead of getting discouraged and letting the enemy tell you, don't look at those because it's depressing, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep and say, God, I see where you're moving and I know that you did that for him or you did that for her and you are capable of doing that for me. Just like the Bible, because if we take that same thought process, then we can't read the Bible because we don't wanna see where God did miraculous things in the Bible because it's depressing. And God wants us to know his power and that's why we do the testimonies. And you know, the exciting thing is, if you're reading Charlene Cares, is that we don't have a Saturday testimony only anymore. We've now had so many that we've had to add an extra on Thursdays. So Thursdays around lunchtime, a lot of weeks, you're getting an extra set of testimonies because God's moving. And not only is he moving, but people are giving him praise for it. And not only are they praising him for it, but they're recognizing his hand. And they're not all restored marriages. If you look at those, those are not all the big, hey, he came back. Like today I, I was corresponding with a woman who said he came home and, and it's going great. But it's recognizing God moving in the little things. Where did God answer a prayer today for you? Where did he supply a need yesterday for you? And thanking him for that. So don't get caught up in the, I don't see God moving. Praise him for the little things. And you know what? We forget because we're forgetful, selfish people. It's just our nature. So get a journal or a book or write it in the back of your Bible where you said, Lord, I need you to meet this need. Where did he meet that need? And, and praise him for it because that's what we need to do. So, and she's waving at me. <laughs> I got to tell you that there are a lot of good restored 
Come closer. <laughs> Hi, Jill. <laughs> I just saw you. But there are prodigals that have turned standards. Dear people, you need to read it. Because God is touching the ones who have made mistakes and their spouses are not forgiving them. And their wives that admit, I made a mess of my marriage. I treated my husband horrible. And now he won't forgive me. But God is touching the women. He's touching the men and bringing them home. And they're finding us. And they're getting refused at their home. But God is bringing them to rejoice marriage ministry. Say, don't give up. So you need to be praising and praying for everyone that writes in a, a uh, testimony to pray for them. We need to not be jealous. It's jealousy, and that is not godly, and it's unchristlike. And I'm just going to be talking about it tonight because it blots our blessings. We need to be praising the Lord for our neighbor who gets a new car or gets a bigger house. Praise the Lord. God, that's what God, they wanted or wanted to go in debt. But we have got to be accountable for ourselves only. That's I what I say. Ooh, they're in debt. <laughs> yeah, like it is, you know. Some people have it all, but you know what? Some people go in debt. I want you to receive blessings from God because there is going to be someone that shares the testimony, and it's happened over and over, that they write us and say that testimony is what I've been asking God for a question. He answered it. So people, don't let the devil steal us praising the Lord, what he is doing for others. Let us realize the enemy is out to steal everything from us, including praising the Lord that there are other marriages being restored and touched and hearts and lives being transformed. And if you, if you were on a diet and you were not losing weight, would you stay on that diet or would you want to see results? If you take your car to the mechanic when it breaks down, you don't want to get the car back and have the same noise. You want to see results, and that's what those testimonies are. They are results, and so praise God that he's doing it. Praise God that, that he is moving, and listen, I tell you, every month, I know on the worst of the worst days, when you're like, Lord, I cannot do it, find something to praise him for because there is something you woke up and you had breath and some people say i didn't want to wake up today i did not want to have breath i i had two of those today also that said as easy, death would be easier and i understand that it's it's a battle and that is the enemy that is the enemy because you know what god is getting the glory through this god is getting the glory you've changed i'm sure if you're sitting here tonight you're a different person than you were on day one of this. I'm sure, right? Is there anybody that wants to give a witness to that? You're different. So, all right. Anyhow, read those testimonies and rejoice with those. And someday, you know what? You're going to be sending us your second anniversary, and you'll get two anniversary cards every year from us for those, both those anniversaries. Well, we're going to do something right now. We are going to go into our prayer circles. And for those of you that are new, we're just going to take a couple minutes and get with two or three people. Don't get in a big group because it makes it too difficult. 
Um, men try to find other men, women other women, and we're just going to take two minutes and just pray for your own most urgent prayer request in that circle. Just a quick short prayer so that we have time to go around the couple of people in the circle, and um, I'll close in prayer at the end, but just it's a time for us to hear each other's requests when they pray and to be able to keep it on our mind over the next month. So if we want to get up and find a couple people to pray with right now, and we'll just have a time of prayer for a few minutes. Men, you can meet on. Men, if you want to meet on this side, and we'll break up into a couple groups of men since we have so many men here tonight. This house can't take another fight, but once again our pride is the only one that's winning. And I wish that we could just rewind, turn the hands of time back to love's beginning. Well, there's plenty of blame to go around, too many tears have touched the ground. Take a little less this time and give a little more. So hold on to me. I promise you we'll make it through this stronger than we've ever been before. Let's be the proof that love can be restored. Choose the easy way Like people do these days Go and find another Meant to be But I I don't want somebody new This heart belongs to you So baby don't give up on me Cause I believe Love can be restored If we take a little less this time And give a little more
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we close in prayer, God, I thank you for each and every man and woman that's in this room. Lord, I thank you for the praises on their lips that are going up right now to you, God, and I thank you for the requests that are going to you. I thank you that your word tells us that you hear those and that you receive those, and Lord, I thank you that we can go directly to you with our concerns and our worries and our praises. God, I thank you for the testimonies that we've been talking about. I thank you for the testimonies that are in this room tonight. And Lord, I thank you for the way that you're going to bring to our mind the things that you've done for us, the days that we feel like we can't go on and it's too hard and we can't take it another day, God. I just pray that you would flood our mind and our memories with the ways that you've supplied for us, the ways that you've met our needs. And God, your word says that you'll give us the grace to get through today, and we don't need to worry about tomorrow. I just pray that each of us would just say that verse over and over on those days that we're struggling. Lord, I pray for those that are not with us tonight. I pray for those that had work commitments or commitments with their family that are keeping them away. And I just pray that you would protect them, Lord. I pray that they would continue to stand strong. And I pray for the men and women that are represented in this room. Father, I thank you that they are taking a stand against what society says and against what their friends and maybe even their family are saying, Lord, but they've drawn a line in the sand and they are taking you at your word and they are listening to what your word says, that you hate divorce. God, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would help them to stand strong and I pray that they would see a movement. Maybe it's not restoration this week. Maybe it's restoration to come down the road, Lord, but I pray that this week that they would even be able to see you moving in their life, that they would see you um, moving in the life of their spouse, and that they would see their spouse softening. God, I pray for those spouses that are being prayed for tonight. I pray that you would bring each of them to the salvation in you, God. I pray that they would have a desire and they would see their need for a Savior, and they would see that they can't do it on their own. Lord, for the ones that know you, that have walked away from you, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would convict them day after day. I just pray that they would have an unsettledness in their spirit and that they would feel the conviction, God. We know you can do it. We know that it breaks your heart that they've walked away from you. And I just pray that they would um, return to their wife, return to their husband, and that they would have a desire to work on their marriage, Lord. Be with the um, families that are working through restoration, God. I thank you for those families, and I pray that you would continue to help them as they rebuild their marriage on a new foundation. They rebuild their marriage on new um, trust and on new um, basis in you, God. And I just pray that you would bless them, and may they have many, many more years that they can celebrate the restoration and what you've done in their family. Be with us as now as we continue to praise in your name. Amen. Okay, we're going to take a couple minutes, and if there's anybody, we're talking about testimonies, that has a testimony that you want to come share, just a quick one or two minute, oh, she's running, she's running, we got a runner. All right, line up if there's a couple of you so we can get our time moving a little faster, so if you want to come up and share, come line up here, and we will take a few minutes to hear what God's been doing. Um, I just have to share... I have an anniversary this month. On May 13th, it will be one year that my husband filed divorce, and we are still not divorced. <laughs> and, um, and I just praise God because I'm under serious attack. 
And that to me, I've been in the hospital twice. My, my kids have gotten super sick. I've been under like fire. And I know that means the enemy knows that there's a breakthrough coming. So I praise God for it. So that's my testimony, my, All right. my goodness. <laughs> Uh, praise and thank the Lord, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> uh, my testimony tonight is kind of similar to the young ladies over there. Um, I've also gotten sick, 100-degree fever for a week, and a lot of, lot, lot of things. As um, uh, Every day I just uh, I heard something that the, the, there's a guy that prays eight hours a day, and he said some of his most powerful prayers are just whispers to God. He doesn't shout and scream. He just, from his heart, he just talks to the Lord. So I've just started doing that throughout the day, just whispering and talking to him and, um, from my heart. Um, the Lord led me. Uh, it, 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 my my uh, stand has been like trench warfare, a um, lot of fasting and prayer just to even have a, a mind to even think. Um, the Lord led me uh, recently, about a month ago, into a 30-day uh, fast. Um, I asked him, I said, give me the green light to fast and pray. I felt like my soul was literally being dragged to hell. And I said, I'm going to fight, Lord. Um, he just, he led me, he gave me amazing grace. I was able to work 11 hours sometimes. I mean, to work, just, I, I can't understand it. Just amazing grace. Um, something broke, and he told me broke to break the fast. And then he blessed me with, like, just now, people giving me food, healthy food and stuff, um, the fasting prayer. You know, I don't worship that, but through, the, through that, God, God broke something in the spirit. Um, so I just uh, humbly walk with him, talk to him. Every day I fight to surrender, give up my will and say, I release everything. You're, you're the one who created a trillion stars in the sky. You know, I'm just, uh, but um, yeah, so I'm still standing. I give him praise. Like the lady was saying, give him praise and glory and honor. And, uh, you know, the, I have an apartment coming now. And it looks like, the, you know, I'll be able to see the children more. So we just have to keep standing, as Charlene says. God bless you all. Hello, guys. I'm Dave. I just want to thank the Lord for incredible timing on the uh, devotion, Charlene's devotionals, uh, especially the one that came in Sunday who are you worshiping? Uh, so here I am walking my dog, and I've said, after I'm sitting around uh, Sunday, kind of thinking about my wife, worrying about my wife, what am I going to say, what am I going to do, because I'm going to be with her later on uh, this week. She's up in Virginia. And uh, so I get back after walking the dog, and I pull up the Sunday's uh, email, who are you worshiping? In other words, who are you thinking too much about? Who are you worrying too much about? And uh, that was what the email was about. So, uh, uh, and Charlene's incredible gift for writing and uh, all the other emails for the past years in the incredible timing. Even uh, uh, the time, a few years ago, the time my wife left, uh, the Tuesday email from Bob came through and so she leaves later in the day I pull it up and it was in the, in the uh, what it said was uh, 
Uh, see, God's, God's, okay, it's, what, did it, what did it say? It said, uh, oh, through circumstances, God will drive your wife back home. So sooner or later, that'll come to fruition. Hi, good night. Um, I have to give God praise. Uh, last week, the 25th, I believe, in, was that April? April, no. Yes, April, thank you. Um, was officially a very a first date, in my mind anyways. It was the first date. Um, my husband has never taken me anywhere as far as places that he's been. We went to a restaurant. Um, it's a place he, is, he frequents. And we actually sat down and ate, and <laughs> nobody but God, because as you all know, you have similar circumstances. Do you guys remember when my dad came back to suddenly, and he took my mom to lunch to tell her, stop praying for me, you know, I'll get a marriage license. He took her to the other woman's favorite restaurant. So if that happens and you go on a date to a place that your spouse frequents, you just plaster it on and go, this is so nice, okay? Yeah, you don't say, this is the place you chose. <laughs> All right, because it'll happen. <laughs> Hi, my name's Ian. Uh, I wanted to share with you uh, that uh, I'm very grateful for uh, the uh, StopDivorceRadio.com. Uh, Charlene uh, is my spiritual mother. Thank you. You really are. Uh, you've taught me so much. I've learned so much. It has reshaped my thinking. It has uh, redirected my prayers. It has redirected my focus away from myself the suffering that we all suffer, and it has intensified my focus on the cross in Jesus Christ. I want to share with you that uh, the Lord, uh, one of the things I was waiting for that Charlene uh, often talks about is that a word comes into her mind and a certain assurance came that the, her marriage would be restored. I did not have that assurance. My wife left seven months ago. Uh, has not spoken a single word to me, not texted, not answered a single email, nothing. Uh, I was on my way back uh, from, and I, and I haven't received that word. I had not received that word until the, yesterday, and I want to give uh, thanks to the Lord for that. I just uh, suddenly, in a time of prayer, uh, the Lord just gave me a peace and a calm, and a burden was lifted, and, and I was assured that she would come back one day. Maybe not tomorrow, but one day. And uh, suddenly would be great. Uh, uh, I uh, was driving back from uh, a meeting with uh, today with a divorce lawyer. And uh, I was, it's a 30-minute drive, and I was uh, only maybe less than 10 minutes from home. And I thought, ah, I could have been listening to StopDivorceRadio.com on the way home and I've wasted 20 minutes of that and I so I turned it on real quick and I thought well won't get much you know but that, there's Charlene and she said she was talking about rejoice in the Lord always no matter what uh, I am faced with a divorce I can't stop it it will go through unless the Lord intervenes which is always a possibility uh, praise the Lord but uh, if it does in fact go through 
uh, and I have uh, made a marriage proposal to my wife that uh, I will uh, I will marry you. Uh, I I would like to marry you, and and that's good for the rest of my life. Um, so the uh, I, I, she came on and she said, "Rejoice in the Lord always." So uh, this is something I pledge to do, and and I see the power in it. I see the power in doing that. Um, the other thing is that um, she emphasized, Charlene emphasized righteous living, the importance of being, uh, living a righteous life. What does that mean? No dating. For, for me, personally, what does that mean? No dating, no women, no, no nothing. Just living my life before the Lord. And Charlene said that is a magnet. That is a powerful magnet to bring your spouse home. I believe that, and I claim that in, in the blood of Jesus. Thank you very much. Hey, Ian, righteousness is her word of the night tonight. You're going to hear it. I was looking to see if she was snickering because <laughs> we've talked about that word a lot today. <laughs> And let me just say two things. First of all, you know what I noticed is that Ian is also proclaiming his status on his finger. And I know some of you have maybe flushed wedding rings and thrown them away or put them in the garbage disposal. It's okay, we get mad, but you know what? You can go to Walmart and buy a fake something and put it on your hand. And you know, your friends and your family might say, you're divorced, why do you have that wedding ring on? But what an opportunity to share with people what you're doing and to tell the ones that are maybe interested to looking at you at work or whatever that, hey, I'm, I'm taken. And let me say one other thing is how many of you have limited or no contact with your spouse? Okay. You guys break my heart because I know that's hard. But you know what? That is not too big for God. He can overcome that. Seven months, two years, he can overcome that. And you know what? You may not see right now what he's doing, but he's doing something. And so don't let that distance or that silence get you defeated. Because when you least expect it, God can impact that person. So we are praying for you guys that have little or no contact. We know it's hard. We know it's a set of special circumstances. But look, you're not alone. You see everybody that put their hand up. You're not alone. So, all right, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> um, my name's Kevin. Um, I have two testimonies. Um, I, w I guess I'm a new stander, um, maybe like five weeks, somewhere around there maybe six weeks, somewhere around there. Um, I was the prodigal, you know, and I was not, I was a monster. I was a, I was a monster. Uh, my wife loved me dearly. Um, anyway, first testimony would be um, for two months now, I've been clean, sober, running after Jesus with all my heart. In a weird sort of way, thanking God that my wife divorced me because it woke me up. And I, I was on a real bad road. And then I woke up and said, where the heck? You know, where's my wife? You know, so I said, no, I'm not going to let this happen. So <clears throat> I began to fight for my marriage. Um, last Friday, not two days ago, but the Friday before was my court date. My wife is 
was pushing the divorce. I, I have no, there's, there's nothing I can do to stop it in the state of Massachusetts. It's just going to go through. So um, I painstakingly, because of my love for her, said, okay, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm going to trust God with you. I'm going to trust you in God's plan. And uh, we like, I filled out the paperwork twice to make sure it was right. I walked in there at nine o'clock. I walked there at nine. I walked out at nine o five. The guy just looked at it and said, his exact words were, "No word of a lie." The guy was like, "Everything's wrong." And he said his exact words. I don't even know what he meant to say. He goes, "You just can't throw a marriage out like that." That's what he said. So then, we walk out of the courtroom, and I'm sitting there. I'm I'm dressed up as dressed as I can be, and I'm like. I want to laugh, you know, and my wife's all twisted up. I could just look at her eyes and I could tell that she's just twisted up, you know. It was the first time in my life I looked at my wife and I looked into her eyes and I was just like, I wanted to just grab her by the arms and be like, you all right, you know, because I could see into her soul that she was just twisted about the whole thing. And I just looked at her with peace. I prayed and I just looked at her and I said, uh, I said, don't worry about it. I says, I'll call the lawyer. I'll take care of everything. Everything's going to be all set, you know. And um, I flew home. I called, I have two people in my church, uh, elder woman in my church that are supporting me in this thing. And I said, they threw it right out. She said, what time? I said, nine o'clock. And she said, uh, she said I, was, I was on my face praying that God would divinely intervene. And um, <clears throat> so, and I just, and she goes, but you can rest assured your wife doesn't look at it that way. <laughs> so those are my two testimonies. And, um, Bought me some time, I guess, and just, uh, that's it. Be praying for Kevin as he comes to mind in the next days and weeks, because you remember those early days? Next month is another date also? Okay. Oh, this month, May. Okay, and you can go, Kevin, I'm going to tell you tonight when we meet after, but if you guys have a court date, go on our website and load it on that court page. We pray for you daily so that we can be praying for the people that are going to court, but a lot of other people get on and pray, and that's what we need is God to intervene like that. Good evening. My name is Mariana, and like David, I was the prodigal, and now I am the standard. Um, we divorced in 2010. I asked for the divorce. And a year later, we reconciled. Um, but then, um, because of my own faults, I was angry. I was in furious. I had a lot of rage in me, and I treated him terribly. Um, he had enough, and I've been standing for seven months now. And in the beginning, he didn't even want to look at me. Um, he was very angry at me for a reason. Um, I said really mean things to him and things that he did not deserve. Um, and I would, we have a two, year, two and a half year old that we have to, you know, we have to see each other on a daily basis because of our son. Um, when I used to go to his house, drop my son off, I would go in into my own house um, that he now lives there. He would be pacing the floor back and forth, just waiting for me to leave. I couldn't stay there for 10 minutes. He wouldn't look in my eyes. Um, 
I would call him sometimes he wouldn't call me back who just didn't want anything to do with with me and I've been praying and living righteous um, righteously uh, going to church and getting involved with standard groups and reading the books and God told me in in my dream seven months and I didn't understand what do you mean seven months what's gonna happen and one day before it was going to be seven months of me standing in us separated he invited me over to dinner so we could talk about us and talk about what's going to happen and our feelings which and we did go to dinner he told me that it was the best talk that we have had in years and even though he's not ready yet to get back together he he said he doesn't fully believe that i have changed and but i he said it was the best talk we have ever had and now he looks at me in my eyes he gives me a hug he kisses me he, we talk like we're best friends now and and god also told me to buy a wedding ring a man's wedding ring and I have done that because I believe that my marriage will be restored and reconciled thank you can you imagine if your prodigal walked into a Bible study and said I messed up it happens it happens so you guys have to be ready this week and Charlene cares I think it's this week or might be next week, but there's a devotional coming up called Loving Your Enemies. And right now, that's what you have to do when your spouse is not receptive to you. Love them anyhow. Well, we're going to sing a song. Oh, yeah, that's right. Are you just visiting? Okay. <laughs> she's just wand she's wandering. Go. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to sing another song fittingly called Your Grace is Enough. So stand and let's sing.
we had tonight were they not blessed the best part I liked is them running and getting in line and knew they had to praise the Lord they knew they had to give God the glory and honor that is what the testimonies are about it's not about us it's about giving God the praise of what he's doing in our hearts and our lives. And that is what we just want to praise the Lord. Let's open up with prayer. And we're going to pray because we're going to be talking about prayer tonight. We're going to be talking about the righteousness that we need to pursue. Lord, we just praise you, praise you. Lord, I was just praising you to hear the testimonies to hear about Stop Divorce Radio, to hear how Charlene Cares helps, to hear how that you minister to people around the world that we, may, we will never meet, and we never know how you speak to them, but you do it. It's your ministry. It's your marriage. You created the institution of marriage. You say you hate divorce, and you want marriages of one husband and one wife, and Lord, we pray for the Supreme Court to never change it to anything else. Lord, we pray for the National Day of Prayer this week that we all will get involved and we will all start praying for America and for every nation around the world. Lord, we pray for, for Nepal. And we pray for all the people that have died. And now we pray for the ones who are rescuing them. Father, I pray that you would be with all the people that are hurting tonight of our standards, that they don't have this to come to. They don't have this, but they have it on Rejoice Pompano if they have a computer. And if they will take the time and click on it and find it. And Lord, I pray you will have everybody find it. And other people tell other people. Because, Lord, they can hear it. And they can have the Holy Spirit minister to them anytime, 24 hours a day. And we're talking to them. 
Holy Spirit, you're the one to speak to these standards in this room tonight. You've brought the people from the different states. You've brought the prodigals in to be able to share that they made a mistake like I made a mistake. And Lord, we all have made mistakes in our marriage. We all have said horrible things to our spouses and to our children that we should have never said. And we need to repent and we need to ask forgiveness from the people we have wounded and we have hurt. And then, Lord, we ask that you will take that 490 times that we keep asking for forgiveness of all of our sins, that you will have the husband or the wife or our children or anybody that we may have wounded in years past, that they will know that we're, we've repented and we're sorry for what we may have done or not done or whatever it, it may be. You all know what it is, every one of you. Some of you have some big things to forgive about with your childhood, but it's better to forgive and go forward than to let the devil replay and torment you. Lord, we're asking for you to go and touch up and down every one of these rows and touch their hearts, their minds, renew their minds, cleanse their minds and their hearts from any and all impurities. Create in them a pure heart. And they may not have come in with a pure heart. They may have been grumbling in the car all the way getting here with traffic. But Lord, we're going to say, Lord, take my heart and change me that I'm even praying when I'm stuck in traffic and praising the Lord. Lord, I want to be totally different that if I should die tonight, I'm going to stand before God, and so is every one of you also if, if something happens. And Lord, we want to be pure and holy and Christ-like as we know there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there's consequences if we don't repent of our sins. So Lord, I pray that you would deal with us first and now go. Go around the world and touch all the prodigals' hearts and cleanse them from all of their impurities. Crucify their sinful nature. Break the strongholds. Break the strong soul ties. Do whatever you must do in the heavenlies and then give them dreams and visions. As in Job 33, turn them from their wrongdoing. Right now, before I even say a word of scripture in this word, I want you to go and start dealing with the husbands and the wives who have procrastinated and said no and denied and said no way for years upon years of disobedience. And Father, I pray you will block and stop all the non-covenant marriages. And I pray they will come to their senses. And I pray they will come home to their waiting spouse. Lord, you can do anything. You have done it. We've seen it for years. But Lord, we want, and I believe you gave it to me in England, London, England, that at the end times, thousands, 
25 years, 15 years ago you gave this to me. The thousands will be coming home every week. And you just brought that to my memory just now. And I believe that is going to be happening. And the closer we get to the Lord coming home, I believe it's going to happen more and more and more. So Lord, prepare our hearts. But go, and may we pray without ceasing. May we talk to the Lord morning, noon, and night. And may we be consistent. And may we be faithful. And may we walk in love and get rid of all of our garbage. And Lord, I pray you will touch, cleanse that husband or wife that's gone, and they will have a heart transformation like that Damascus Road experience. I pray that they will just be changed, transformed, and that you can see it in their demeanor, their heart, their eyes. Lord, you can know they have been touched by God. And Lord, may they grow in the Lord. May they read the word. May they pray and stay connected to you so they will not be tempted to leave again. No false starts, Father. We're just praying for you to do a mighty work in restoration around the world, many hundreds, thousands of marriages. We will do testimonies and keep praising you, even if we just put them on our testimony page. If we have too many, they will be there for everyone to read anytime. We can never not praise you for restoration of hearts and lives and marriages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, wow. Look what God has done tonight. And we just give God the praise. And you've already been blessed because I've been blessed. If you haven't been blessed, you need to come here and we need to pray for more for you. But anyway, are you walking in righteousness? Are you walking in faith? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in peace? And that is my question. That is my question. And I just give you the praise and the glory what God is going to do tonight because the enemy has been shooting fiery darts at you, but he shoots them at me also. So do not think you're alone. If anything, pray for us more. Turn to 2 Chronicles 7.14. And I know you know this. Many of you may know this by heart. If you are hiding God's word in your heart, which I would suggest you do, is that's what the Lord tells us to do. And if you hide the word in your heart when you're sick, the Lord will use to bring the scriptures back to you. If you're in a crisis, or something, the Lord will bring a scripture right flash right across to you so you know what you need to do or not do. So hiding God's word in your heart is a good, a, um, a good practice to do. And no, I never memorized scripture when I, before the, I divorced my husband. But the Lord sure taught me afterwards I needed to know the word. And I didn't know why. But here I am now. And what I did tonight was I prayed a lot of scriptures. I didn't pray all my words. I prayed God's word. And we want them. And, and Psalm 51 is an awesome scripture where David cried out and repented of his sins when he committed adultery. 
and God gave him a pure heart. And I am telling you, what better scripture could we pray for both myself or the, for our family members is for God to give us a pure heart and forgive us of our iniquities. I want to tell you personally, I pray that for you and I pray it for myself all the time. I prayed it all weekend for myself to cleanse me to be able to do this tonight and, and be, to be holy. I am like Moses. I am saying, what am I doing here, Lord? And, but you know what? God has given an assignment, and you've got an assignment, and I am standing right with you because I said, if I know that God touched my marriage and I was the one that divorced Bob because of his unfaithfulness and he changed me, I know he can change you, and I know he can change your spouse because Bob should have never come home. Never. Not for all that we had gone through for 20 years, 19 years, and 20 years of our marriage. He should have never come home to the world standards because we had 19 years of marriage problems, up and down and around, up and down. It may be a fight. It may be a walk out the door. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a or drive around the block and be gone for a night. But you know what? God can heal and restore and touch and change us if we are willing to humble ourselves. Second Chronicles 7.14, I think you found it by now. It says, if my people, and I, I'm emphasizing this scripture this week because I cannot encourage you enough, and I'm going to try to get this point. Prayer is a necessity for marriage restoration. May I say that more clearly? Don't pray, don't worry, your hot spouse will not be home. Because if they come home, you won't be ready to pray when you have to pray for the rest of your marriage, for your children, for your grandchildren. And then may I encourage every one of you to pray for America. Pray for the country you're from. Pray for the world. Pray for the president. Pray for the congressman. Pray for the Supreme Court. Pray for the policemen. Pray for us to have peace. We're not because the Lord is coming. But we know what's happening. But we have a responsibility that I stand before God. God is going to say, why did you be so selfish and not make a commitment to pray for others? Why did you not ever think of praying somewhere outside of your selfish area of people? And I'm challenging you tonight, think big. I am thinking, think big. You can take a, I have a map in my uh, bathroom, and it has the country of the United States and all the other countries on the back side. And I just lay my hands on it and say, Lord, bring all your people to you. Bring all the people that you created to you. May they come to know you. The missionaries. I could get off subject, and, but I want you to understand the importance of praying. Somebody prayed for you to find our, our website. We did. We're praying for the ones that God wants to have their marriage restored. Find us. Because we'll pray in agreement with you. 
There is nothing more important than you can do is number one, humble yourself and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is mandatory because Jesus is, died on the cross. He died on the cross for you and for me and everyone. He shed his blood. He paid the price. He paid the price for you and for me that we can fight and pray for our spouse and every one of our children, our grandchildren, and future generations. Pray for them now that they will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and all generations because you were the first one to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in the family, maybe. You may have come into a, from a family that were pastors or men and women of God or whatever. Or you may have been where you were the first one to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, praise the Lord. Now you are going to have generations to come because you're going to pray for all your family members to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't just pray for your spouse. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for everybody around you. Pray for the people in the church because I'm telling you, prodigals are going to church with their girlfriends and their boyfriends every single week. There are more people there that you don't know that are living in sin than you can even begin to imagine. And we need to pray for the men of God to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and preach the institution of marriage and turn up the heat because Bob had it happen to him many times and he felt uncomfortable and said he was going to come home and then the devil deceived him again. You have got, we have a responsibility to pray from Friday on all the church services. Do you see if we and the thousands of other standards would pray in agreement, the unity in praying in agreement for all of these different items? Just ask the Lord, what do you want me to pray about? He will tell you, he'll give you a list, more than you can even begin to imagine. But we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for all the marriages that are in the process of marriage restoration. Elizabeth and Eric are here tonight. They have a restored marriage. And I'm thrilled to see Eric here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Eric, I love you. And he knew Bob. And so that's always special because he goes back a ways. That's good. But you know what? They just lost a son this year. A son. One of their children died when he was at college. So you need to understand, we need to pray for each other. Now, let's go to Second Chronicles. I got a long ways to go here. If my people who called by my name will humble themselves and match, look at the word humble, we need to humble ourselves and pray there's that word, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land or their marriage or their family or whatever word you want to fill in there. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, when I typed this and put this on, let me take you to verse 15 because it's important. Now my eyes will be open and my ears 
attentive to the prayers offered in this place. The Lord is saying to Solomon in the temple that he had just built, he says, I will hear your prayers and I will be attentive offered in this place. We need to pray. We don't have to go to a temple. We can pray morning, noon, and night, and we can go to Second Thessalonians, and I'm just going to give this to you because we have so many new people here tonight, which is just a huge praise the Lord. So many new standers. God is moving. He is standing and fighting. And so two prodigals that we know of, well, I know there's more prodigals in this room that you don't know about. Well, you may know about it, but you may not know about it. But anyway, I am telling you, God is bringing prodigals in here to get their hearts right, and they get saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they start standing for their marriage and fighting for it. I'm telling you, God is moving in hearts and lives. That's what we want. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. I'm going to get there. Thank you, Lori. To God be the glory for Lori and Tim in the back who keep me going. Tim is my son in the back, and our girls that are in the back back that are young are our granddaughters. Isn't that awesome? Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. That says give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, because he's going to turn it around to good. But right now, you have to go through this for a reason. And there is a plan and a purpose in Jeremiah 29, 11 that we don't know why we have to go through pain and suffering. But you know what? When I read, and I've been reading a lot of the Bible lately, and I read the scriptures of Paul, he went through a lot of trials and tribulations and pain and suffering. And he talked about it. In fact, God gave it to me earlier to tell me to put it in. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, to keep me, and this is Paul, who was the, had the Damascus Road experience. And he was killing Christians and, and, and wanted to destroy all of this church part, but Paul had a personal Damascus Road experience with the Lord Jesus, and he now ended up writing so much of the New Testament, and in 2 Corinthians, he said, verse 7, to keep me from being conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, and understand this, it's a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, this is why I did grace is enough tonight. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I want to tell you, that means a lot to me. 
because Bob has claimed this scripture. I claimed this for Bob for many years, and I am standing on it for me. Because you know what? The devil likes to shoot fiery darts, but God is greater. His grace is sufficient for you in every trial and tribulation and for me. It doesn't matter. You have got to understand we have to fight the fight and know God is greater for every circumstance. We just have to know that when the devil pushes our buttons or knocks us down for a few days, that we have to respond in a Christ-like way and not let all the words and the, and the actions and all the emotions that we would like to spill out on ourselves or say to someone else, you know, we can really have some nice girlfriends, but we can really spew our mouths about circumstances. Dear standers, when you have, or even husbands and wives, if you start spewing negativity to each other, grab each other's hand or say, let's stop and let's take, and let's the Lord, let's pray and let's hold hands and let's just pray. If you're on the phone with a stander and they're telling all the bad stuff, say, you know what? I don't need to hear the details. Let's just stop. Let's pray. Let God move right now, but help us to forgive them for what they're doing. We need to take captive all the things that are going to come into our mouth that we have in our mind in 2 Corinthians 10. But we have to take captive and guard our tongue because we can, we can speak death and speak a lot of negativity out of our mouths and, and we're not walking or speaking faith or hope or trust of God. We're speaking the circumstances. And we've got to zip our lips. I hate to say it. But we have to zip our lips. We have to examine our hearts and our minds. And, and you know what? We have to have the Lord say, Lord, remind me. Holy Spirit, just convince me. Right? Knock on my shoulder. Zip your lips. You're saying too much. Is that gossip or is that truth? Or do you need to talk about it or do you need to zip your lips? You need to pray about it. And you know what? A lot of conversations are going to really cut shorter, and we can pray more and cut shorter, but we often say things we shouldn't be saying. So let me take you to James, because I want you to know that there's nothing more powerful than we can do is pray. James is a, a book of the Bible that is very short. If you've never read it, or you haven't read it recently, I pray that you will do it this week. Go off your, your plan and read it. But it's, it's, each chapter has nuggets of gold in it. But in James chapter 5, I want to read first. No, I'm going to go back. I changed my mind. A woman has a right to change her mind more than once. <laughs> I definitely do. James chapter 3 is talking about taming the tongue, but I'm not going to talk about that with Scripture. You can look and read what it says. But it's gonna, I'm going to go to the two kinds of wisdom, and I'm going to jump to verse 17. But it says, The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, 
than peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. There you are. There's the word righteousness. I want you all to sow in peace and become peacemakers in your homes, with your children, with anybody you know. Become a peacemaker. Would that not be a great thing? Would you be the peacemaker in your family? And if you have family members that you don't even have relationships with right now, or you have difficulties with family, difficult people, then you know what? Pray this, that God's going to give you wisdom with all these awesome characteristics of being pure and peace-loving and considerate. I would say, I would take this scripture and say, Lord, make me more like that. Give me that wisdom that I, that I would be considerate and submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I, that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be more like every day. But then I want to go to chapter 4 and I want to go to verse 7 because I want you to see it says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You need to submit. It's like humbling yourselves. Humbling yourselves. And that's what we talked about in 2 Chronicles. Humble yourselves. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. You've got to understand, you are going to have attacks or the uh, fiery darts. Let's just use the word that it says in the Bible. In NIV, it says uh, fiery darts. But it says the shield of faith will block all of the fiery darts. And in fact, if we will just go to, um, let me just hold, stay where we're at. I'm going to finish one thought before I go to another one, but that would be a change, but I'm going to try it. But um, I just get so excited with scriptures, I just want to flip through, and and it's a Bible study, or it's a Bible study. You can't keep up with me, but submit yourselves to God and resist the devil. We have got to learn that we can resist the devil by saying, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Right now, in the name of Jesus, get out of my spouse's heart and life. Get out of my children's heart and life. Lord, we ask that you would just help us to be more like you, and we can say no, no to that my husband and wife can say no to pornography, say no to adultery, say no to idolatry. What is their idol? It could be money, it could be sports, it could be anything. What, is, what are we worshiping more than God in our lives? That's what idolatry is. It's more than God. God wants to be first in our life. He died on the cross and he says, I created you for you to have a relationship with me. That means I'm to talk and pray with him. But you know what? We don't have time because we now have phones that you can read the phone in bed and we could get we could get an ulcer in bed by just reading our email of what we need to do for tomorrow morning. That's a, that's a cue. But I just want to tell you, we need to turn it off. We need to set boundaries and say, you know what? I don't need to play that game any longer. 
I don't need to do all these negative wasting of time, but will I give my Lord 15, 30 minutes? You know, it says, can you not tarry an hour? Or can you spend some time? God, Lord Jesus wanted his three friends to stand and pray with him. But they fell asleep. You know, I can relate. You can relate. But you know what? That is the enemy giving you those uh, sleeping pills when you, the rest of the time, you're wide awake at night. You know what? We got to recognize the enemy. So if you don't get sleepy at 5 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time you need to do it, do you know instead of watching and listening to me even, Ian, in, you can just turn me off and pray in the car. You know, be creative, but the devil wants us not to pray. And I'm challenging you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you can tell the Lord, I got a problem. I don't, I don't spend enough time praying. I don't even have a list to pray for. Charlene gave me a few. Go watch the news tonight. You can just pray for the people who got shot or killed or were in a car accident. I'm saying, are we going to get serious? Because if God says, boy, she's serious, well, I want to bless them. You know, we want to be, to be used by God all the time that we're alone. And when our spouse comes home, we want to continue to pray because when your spouse comes home, you're going to pray more. And when you have children, you're going to pray more. When you're going to have a teenager, you're going to pray more. And when you have my granddaughter is going to go to college, I'm going to pray more for her. She was at the prom the other night. I was praying for her all night. I'm telling you, you need to pray. And if you don't have a burden about praying, then, then you say, Lord, give me the desire to pray. Go to Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, where it says the Beatitudes. And I can't read them all because I was going to do that. But we'll go to Matthew real quick. Because it says, verse um, 6, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse 8, blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We need to understand that if your husband or wife are rejecting you and abandoning you, and are saying nothing, and none of, and you do not have any communication. You're being persecuted, and we know that. And it's a torment to not be able to hear or be able to touch or see them or hear their voice. I know, I remember, I just prayed, Lord, let Bob call and ask about the kids so I can just hear his voice. I now play our answering machine, and I can hear his voice 
for hearing it that way. And that blesses me. Now, I know I cuckoo is around maybe. But, you know, I do miss him. And uh, so, you know, you, you take, you know, I'm sure some of you have uh, tapes of moms and dads. You know, my kids are going to be blessed. They can hear me forever. <laughs> they've got CDs and they've got tapes to count that they will be hearing me for a long time. They can give their great-grandchildren. Here's what great-grandma used to do. <laughs> but you know what? Start recording some messages to your family, to your kids, while you're alone. Write a letter, but you know what? CDs are really, or DVDs, or whatever. There's all these different recordings that I know nothing about, but uh, I stay in the, let Tim handle that, Lori can do it. But I just want to tell you, ask God to help you to be creative. Be creative. Please. Get serious. Get serious about standing. Get serious with the Lord. Because the Lord wants you to be the one to stand in the gap for your spouse. And he is saying, if you will humble yourself, and if you will pray and seek my face, I will move the mountains. I can speak to your husband or your wife, but I need you to intercede. I need you to be the intercessor. Mother's Day is this week. And I know there's many thousands and maybe millions, I don't know, that are going to be alone of single parents, of moms, that may never have gotten married that have children. Or they, do, or they are married and their spouse is left. I know of people that have multiple children that the spouse is gone and not contacting them or anything. I know of a lot of fathers that are not seeing their children regularly. And we need to pray for this for May and June for all the mothers and all the fathers. If there's nothing else you can think of, please remember the mothers and the fathers are being rejected. And the children are victims of this divorce or separation that is far beyond what we can understand of their mother and father not picking up the phone or seeing them regularly. You cannot imagine it. I cannot imagine it. But that is what's happening around the United States and around the world. We need to pray against that, that walls, thousands and thousands of hearts that have been hardened will fall down this week and moms who have walked away from their family, mothers who have not forgiven the fathers who are wanting to restore the family, let's start this weekend. Let's pray for a breakthrough, a spiritual breakthrough. And in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 6, let us remember, as I've said it before, and I've taught about it just recently, remember, if there's nothing else you can pray today, Pray the Lord's Prayer. As I've said before, I, uh, Elmer Towns is like a mentor to me that I respect. And he said, and I'm reading his book, The Spiritual Breakthrough, over and over again. Oh, there's so many nuggets of gold. But he says when you pray, you know, when you get up to pray, you need to get a psalm book or turn on your music. And you need to praise the Lord first. Put him first and praise him. And then, then you can do your rest. You can pray. But we need to understand that we need to pray and have a passion 
for your prayers and for God to do it. In 2 Corinthians, it says that he will use, he will, the comfort you're getting now, you're going to share that with others. You're going to share what God has done in your lives. What we had happen tonight is what God wants us to do in the future of sharing what God has done in our lives and in our marriages. Psalm 54 was one psalm that I was thinking about today. The Lord gave me this weekend. And it was where David is, is crying out because Absalom, his son, was out to destroy him. And in Psalm 54, it says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Isn't that what your prayer is? Isn't that what we're saying right now? Strangers or other people are attacking me. Maybe the church or maybe the, the other person or maybe your spouse is telling lies about you. But he says at the end, verse 7, for he has delivered me from all my troubles and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. He cries out, he prays, and he says there's going to be victory because I know that I know. David knew what God has done for him. Do you remember David was that young lad who was sent to go see his brothers, but he killed Goliath. Do you know what giant do you face tonight? You know what? David was told, do not do it. You, you know, look at you and look at the giant. But remember what David did by the power of his Lord God. Do you know the power of God? Have you come to know him personally enough to believe that he can do anything? As it says in Luke 1, for with God nothing is impossible. So when people want to say, but, 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 say, but with God nothing is impossible. Ephesians 3.20 says, I can do immeasurably more than you can ever begin to imagine. Will you believe that David had confidence? James chapter 5, where I was taking you a few minutes ago, it talks about Elijah. And it talks about if you're sick or if you have a lot of different issues, if you're happy, and it all talks about if you are the prayer of faith in verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Call the elders of the church to pray over him or send it to the chapel page and we can pray for you regularly. And anoint him with oil and the prayer offered in faith makes the sixth person well. Therefore, verse 16, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Understand that, dear people, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The word is righteous. What is righteousness? Righteousness is just what Ian said or somebody said about putting on the rings. Do not go out with other men and women and have dinners or just friendships because the enemy, you may have one plan, the enemy has another. And we have got to walk married, live married, live a Christ-like life. And that means we have to uh, be very, very careful how we do it. We need to know that, that um, righteousness 
It's holiness. It is being coming more like the Lord. And that's what it is. And what we've got to understand is that in James, let me go back now and jump down to verse 17. Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah is like you, okay? He prayed earnestly. Well, are we? That's my question tonight. Do we need to pray more in our hearts and our lives? I believe, and I'm not saying it because it's what the word says, but I think we ask not. We, it says, ask, seek, and receive. Keep knocking. And I think we sometimes complain or murmur, but we're not praying it in a prayer. Could you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to pray about it. And we don't have to get on our knees, but we can pray morning, noon, and night. We can pray 20 times a day, short sentences, about any number of things, hundreds of things. But we have limited our time to be a prayer time that is right here when God is saying, I'm here with you all the time. Please speak to me. Tell me what's the difficulty or what you're concerned about or whatever. What, who else can we pray for? If somebody brings a mind to you, if somebody at church, or you think of a couple or anything, why not pray for them? Lord, bless them today. If they're having a difficult day, think creative. It won't be hard to start praying for more people. Once you start, God will give you a lot of people you can pray for. Just if in the bathroom alone, be creative. Your, that's what I'm talking about. If you are getting a cup of coffee, instead of just thinking about other worries and other burdens, why don't you pray about it? I know it sounds simplistic, but I am trying to open the realm of you getting to understand it. Elijah prayed, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I'm, I am praying for California. I'm praying that the Lord will just send clouds and rain. And it did rain a while back, because I, when I heard it, I go, praise the Lord. But we need to pray for others. And where who your others are not my others. Isn't that awesome? So God's got other people praying for all these people. Verse 19 is for all of us. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and there's some of us that have sinned and made mistakes, and it says, and someone should bring him back, remember that whoever turns a sinner from the air of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. We need to understand that in James chapter 3, it says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What is, what is righteousness? It is continuing to conform to the requirements of ethical and moral standards. God is holy. He wants us to live a Christ-like and holy life. That is why Jesus Christ died on the cross, because he died for all of our sins. So who is, was one as credited for righteousness? Abraham, Romans chapter 4. Now you all may know this one, since we have new people, well, bear with me, because Abraham had to wait for Sarah to have a baby. And wait might be in your dictionary, but it, we pray that it's not going to be 
we're praying that the Lord is going to, because of all the standards now that we have, we're going to pray for shorter stands. Is that not in agreement? Are you praying for that? Pray for that. Don't think it. Pray it. And say, Lord, all the ones that have stood for so long, could you bring their marriages suddenly, quickly, now? All of them, all of the long ones first. I'll wait because I think they should get theirs first. I pray that all the time now. And you've got to join us and pray in agreement and not be selfish and self-centered. We need to say, Lord, I want to have it all like you. But at Romans chapter 4, it says, against all hope in verse 18, Abraham in hope believed and became the father of many nations. I'm skipping. So shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. Weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was 100 years old. Yet, verse 20, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. Verse 22, here's the secret. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Romans 4 is for everybody. It's for everybody. For a promise that God has given you, are you standing in faith and reminding the Lord, Lord, you gave me this promise, and you know I'm going to stand because, in fact, you gave me actually this scripture and this scripture. So, Lord, I'm believing and waiting, and I just pray that it will come sooner than later. We are going to pray. Are you putting on the armor of God? Are you putting on the, you know what? When you put on the armor of God, you know what you put on? You put on the belt of truth, that we walk in truth, and not believe the lies of the enemy. There is nothing else I can say to you right now that's more important is that our standards and all of us are having a battle for our minds, and it's with the lies of the enemy. The enemy is going backwards and digging up all the past, and we keep spewing it out of our mouth. And we don't, we, we've got to get, go forget the past. Forget the past. Put it under the blood of Jesus. When your marriage gets restored, don't go back and say, well, you did this and you did that. No, it is forgiven. It is under the blood of Jesus. If we go in the garbage can, we can expect we're going to have problems from the devil himself because he's going, yes, yes. Bring it up again. But we need to understand that we need to forget it, forget the past. And we need to zip our lips, but we need to say, Lord, are my thoughts positive thoughts? Or is the enemy shooting fiery darts in my mind of a lot of negativity from the enemy? And then take those captive. We need to understand. But it says... The, the next thing you put on is the breastplate of righteousness. You put the breastplate of righteousness on you to protect your vital organs, which includes your heart to stay pure. We need to strive to have a blameless, pure heart before the Lord. We don't want to come before him every day with our sins. Maybe we're not praying because we feel we're unworthy to come to the Lord for what we're saying, doing, or thinking. Or we're mad at God you know what? I have many standards that say they're furious at God and they tell God so. Good, he knows it anyway. 
He knows everything you're thinking and doing. We have to understand the tricks of the enemy and the breastplate of righteousness will help us walk in the righteousness. There is nothing more important than put on the armor of God and the hedge of protection and the blood of Jesus over you guys every day. We need to do that. We need to understand. We need to pray for others, but we need to remember that the Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor, as it says in John 14, 26, that we need to know he is the counselor. We need to remember Acts and that the Holy Spirit is in us, dwelling within us all the time. We need to say, Lord, speak to me. And when you pray, when you have that one special time or wherever you're at, say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And be quiet. And let the Holy Spirit speak. And I'm going to tell you, and more people talk about it all the time, God does speak. I think it was said here tonight also. God speaks to us. Please, people, you're robbing yourself of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that he wants with you so desperately. And he wants us to be more like him. And we need to know, it says in Luke 9, 23 to 26, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will, for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father of the holy angels. Will you pursue righteousness? Second Timothy says, pursue. I'll take you to Second Timothy. And I'm winding down. I know you want to eat and talk to people and share their email addresses and so forth. I'm going to read you 1 Timothy 6, because that's one I normally don't always read, so I want to give you a new one. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness. Now here's a list. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 and 12. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's going to be a fight, dear stander. You may be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they had to make a decision. And they said, throw us in the fire. I'd rather die and never deny my God than to worship an idol. We need to understand that we need to be more Christ-like. We need, in 2 Timothy 2.22, to flee the evil desires of our youth, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Well, where are you? Where are you tonight? I know that the Lord wants you so desperately to have a close relationship with him, and that's what I'm challenging you to do. Pursue righteousness godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Imagine all of those things underneath your name and say, that's the my God is saying to Jesus, or Jesus is saying to God. Well, the Holy Spirit is really saying to Jesus, who is the intercessor in standing on the right side of God, praying for you. 
Will you seek the Lord and pursue his Christ-likeness? That's all we want to do. Lord Jesus, we just praise you and thank you. As I had prayed in detail earlier, Lord, we're praying for miracles of marriage restoration. We're praying that you will move the mountains of circumstances, and they all may, may have more than one mountain. But Lord, I pray you will melt the mountains as wax. I pray you would speak hope and encouragement today, tonight when they go to bed and they just lay there and talk to you. I pray that they will just listen to you and say, Lord, speak to me. What do you want to tell me? Lord, I want to pray to you. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray. Forgive me for thinking such bad things about my husband or my wife and the other person. Father, forgive me. Because I know with my unforgiveness, he's not going to come home or she's not going to come home till I get my heart right with you. Father, I pray that you would take all that bitterness, that anger, that hatred, the root of bitterness that you could have. Father, I ask that you would take out of all of us, if there's any unforgiveness or jealousy or hatred or envy, Father, remove it from all of us because we're to have a pure heart and we're not to think and be thinking all things about other people and jealous of other these people. Father, we least of all want to say, praise the Lord, somebody's getting marriage restored. Praise the Lord, God is speaking to them. Father, we need to humble ourselves. And we are seeking your face, and we're going to pray. I pray that this May and June, that many moms and dads and, and husbands and wives and children who have become prodigals will have their heart transformed because there is an army of people that are interceding for them morning, noon, and night. Lord, we, we can do it. We don't have to have long prayers. We just need to pray earnestly. So Lord, I pray that you would touch these people, challenge them, speak to them, and say, you can do it. It's not a big deal. It's I just, I want a relationship with you, like your husband, like your wife, like your kids. I want a relationship with you. And may you move mountains, Father. And may you answer prayers, big prayers and the little prayers. Father, reveal your presence and your power to them in the little things and in the big things. Father, I know you do it. I see it every time. I hear it all the time. But have it happen to these people, the ones that are listening from around the world. Move the mountains and have them say, I'm going to pray about this. Maybe about your child at school, but it doesn't matter. It's important. We need to pray about all things. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory of how many hearts and lives and marriages will be restored this month and every month forever till you come and take us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.